the lie that lives in the heart of jealousy. We're in our series, Blame Game Victims, Challenging the Four Invaders Hidden Within Us. Now, I think you would agree with me when I say that it's easier for us to take responsibility for our anger than it is our jealousy. And I think the reason for that is that jealousy always seems so trivial. I mean, we can make a case for our anger, but as soon as we start talking about feelings of jealousy, it all sounds a bit childish. So as a result of that, we don't talk about it. But even though we don't talk about it, we sure feel it. I mean, whatever it is that bothers you about other people in relationship to what you don't have, I'm sure you feel it. If, so, if you're an author and someone else's books hit the bestseller list ahead of yours, you feel that. If you're a pastor and someone else's sermons seem like they are better than yours, I'm sure you feel that. If someone else has a thicker, nicer, full head of hair than you have, I'm sure you feel that. And here's a very common one. Someone else looks nicer, better in their clothes than you do. And I'm sure you feel that. Even though we don't talk about it, these types of things we feel. And all these things are really harmless enough, or so they seem, but they're really not. And they're not because jealousy is very dangerous. Dangerous because jealousy shapes our attitudes towards other people. I mean, how do you actively love someone who you're jealous of? And isn't it very hard to serve with or for or for someone that is a constant reminder of who you are not? You see, eventually jealousy takes control of our attitudes towards other people. And these are people that have done nothing more than pull ahead of us in a race that they don't even know they're in. They have simply exceeded in an area that we deem important. And as a result of that, we hate them for, for it. Well, even if we don't hate them, hate is a very strong word, we sure as heck don't like them very much. And with a little bit of little effort on our part, doesn't take a lot of effort, just a little effort on our part, jealousy turns into and becomes resentment. Now, keep in mind that resentment needs justification. So what happens? We go looking for it. We look for justification until we find it. And then once we find it, Oh yeah, we're safe. You see, there's no need to resolve our feelings now because we know that we're perfectly justified. Isn't this so true? And once that jealousy turns to resentment, our jealousy knows no bounds. And it really now has the power to sour our attitudes towards entire categories of people. It becomes very easy for us to write off an entire swath of the human race.
race, whatever category of people uh, that pertains to your situation. So let me ask you the question, who are you jealous of? Now you may say nobody, and that may or may not be true. So let me ask this, what about resentment? What category of people do you secretly resent? Now, I encourage you to dig around a little bit and think about who really raises the hair on the backs, on your back. Who raises the hair on your back? Are, are, are they professionals, uh, actors, actresses? Company executives, married people, single people, children, retirees, senior citizens, young people. Look deep, and I think you'll discover that your resentment, with all of its shallow justifications, is really a cover for jealousy. And I think what you'll find is that jealousy began over one incident with one individual somewhere in your past. Now, if you continue to dig beneath the surface, you'll discover that your jealousy is simply a manifestation of the fact that you are not getting what you want. And what makes things more complicated is that your dissatisfaction now gets reflected off those people that are around you. But you have to be careful because, see, you see, these people are not really the source of your problem. They're, they're just reflecting back at you what has originated in your heart. So your dissatisfaction is misplaced, definitely misplaced here. So ridding the heart of jealousy has to begin with this simple recognition. The reason I resent her or him has nothing to do with her or him. The problem is that I'm not getting what I want. The problem is that I'm not getting what I want. Ridding the heart of jealousy begins with taking a long, hard look in the mirror. Not across the street. Not across the aisle. Not to the seat next to you and the person sitting, person sitting in it. You see, focusing our emotion on someone else just fans the flame of jealousy. What quenches it, what quenches it is focusing on our hearts. Focusing on our own hearts begins the process of quenching it. You see, the most important thing, the hardest thing, is isolating the problem. Once you've done that, 
The rest becomes simple. Now, keep in mind, I've said simple, and that doesn't mean easy. What you have to do is take your old car, your small house, the person with the better hair, the person with the better clothes, your your large TV, your, your kinky hair, your dead-end job, your poor health, and add to this list whatever you want, but you take these things that are causing you problems to the only one who can do anything about it. And then once you get all of this, all of it gathered up into one big pile of discontentment, you need to pour out your heart to him. All your frustration, all your discontent. Let God know that you know that he could have done better by you. God, you could have provided better. You could have given me better opportunities. And while you're at it, you could have upgraded some of these body parts. Go ahead. Tell him how unhappy you've been with the way he's made you and treated you. God's got big shoulders. He can handle it. Because, you know what? You're right. He could have done all that. I mean, really, right? Uh, He did it for your sister, your brother-in-law, your friend, another pastor, that account executive, your mother, your father, your daughter, your sister, whatever it is. He did it all for them. He did it all for them. And and what does he allow the non-Christian to do? He's allowed the non-Christian to drive their nice cars and look great. And you have to summarize it in this way to God. Lord, to sum it up, I think you owe me. Now, if you find this a little bit challenging to look God in the eye and accuse him of owing you something, you're now on the verge of a breakthrough. Now, if you're on the other side and you really do think he's mistreated you and in fact owes you something, then you need to get your head in the word. Then you need to take a look at Jesus along with many other examples in the Bible because they make it clear that we are goners. We are goners hopelessly separated from God. Or we were goners, hopelessly separated from God. But God had mercy, gave us grace, and he gave us exactly what we did not deserve, forgiveness. And what did he have to pay for that? What price did he have to pay? His son, the price of his son. And you you boil this down, when you boil this down, the truth is, we owe God a debt we could never pay. So he paid it thereby erasing forever the possibility of his owing us anything ever. Our disappointment with not getting what we want or believe we deserve pales in significance next to the fact that we have been given what we most needed. You see, in the shadow of the cross, it's clear. God doesn't owe us anything, but yet we owe him everything including an apology. What's the apology for? For holding him to a debt he doesn't owe. 
a debt we held against him, but failed to realize, recognize in the confusion and whirlwind of emotion that accompanies jealousy. It's that whirlwind of emotion that comes along with, accompanies jealousy, that doesn't allow us to recognize that God doesn't have a debt. He doesn't owe us anything. You see, at the heart of jealousy is the lie that God owes us. And we have to face up and expel this dangerous notion. And that's how we can rid ourselves of jealousy. We can't do it unless we face up to and expel, expel this dangerous notion that God owes us. Once we do that, we're free to move unhindered in his direction. And it's because of his unconditional grace and acceptance that we can bring our disappointments and dissatisfactions to him with boldness. Remember, nothing's too small. We don't have to qualify and explain and feel guilty for how we feel about how we feel. We, in Hebrews 4.16, we have a wonderful promise. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4.16 We find mercy and grace when we can come to God with our disappointments and discontentment. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. When we go to our Heavenly Father with our wish list and wants, a list of our dreams and disappointments, we're bringing them to one who is able to sympathize. And we have a Savior who was touched with the same emotions. Those same emotions that leave us with wondering if we can go on. And because of what he did, we can go to his, go to the throne unapologetically, boldly, and lay our burdens down at the feet of the only one who could do anything about it. And that's just for starters. That's just for starters. Once we've wrestled our jealousy to the mat internally, then we can do something externally, create a new habit that will keep it all in check. If you remember back in other episodes, we discussed guilt. And we said that uh, the antidote to uh, overcome guilt was confession. And the habit that we had to employ to overcome anger is forgiveness. And to overcome greed we use the weapon of generous giving. And the habit that will enable you to strengthen your heart against jealousy is celebration. To guard your heart against jealousy, you've got to celebrate the success, the size, and the stuff of those you have tended to envy. 
you need to go out of your way to verbally express your congratulations over their accomplishments. And what makes it harder is that this must become a habit. Yes, you've got to celebrate. You've got to verbally express your congratulations over the accomplishments of those that have what you don't. That is why it's so simple and yet difficult at the same time. Celebrating the success of those you envy will allow you to conquer those emotions that have the potential to drive a wedge in the relationship. This is important, so let me say it again. Celebrating the success of those you envy will allow you to conquer those emotions that have the potential to drive a wedge in the relationship. Now, your response to this may very well be, I do not have a great deal of, of admiration for the people around me. That's not how I feel about those people. So am I supposed to celebrate their success if I don't mean it? And the quick answer is yes. And you see, it's because you're not going to be insincere about this. We're not saying that you need to be insincere about this. You see, because let's say someone else, let's say your sister looks good in, in, in that dress. Tell her that. If she doesn't, then you don't even have a problem. If your neighbor, uh, if you like your neighbor's new car, tell them, tell them that. If you don't like the new car, then you're off the hook. You don't have to tell them anything. Did someone else do a, uh, did someone at work do a great job on their presentation? And at the same time, did you, did you now find yourself wishing it was you? Tell them they did a good job. You're not being insincere. You see, it's not about being insincere. It's about being honest. And that's what you would be doing. If they did a good job, and you know they did a good job, you tell them they did a good job. It has nothing to do with how you feel. Now, what becomes the problem is, is that that guy at work did that great job on his presentation, but yet you can't bring yourself to compliment it. That's the problem. That's when the problem exists, when you can't compliment it. So, again, it's not about insincerity. It's not about insincerity. It's about honesty. It's about honesty. And if you can't bring yourself to be honest about the situation, then you have a problem. You see, expressing the truth will help free you from that emotional bondage that is an integral part and component of jealousy. When you can walk up to that guy or gal at work that got the promotion that you wanted, when you can walk up to that person and say congratulations, 
you will be refusing to allow emotions to control your behavior. You will, in essence, be protecting your heart. You will be saying no to jealousy. And it's much easier to behave your way into a new way of thinking, creating that new habit, than to think your way into new way of behaving. Now, let me say that one again. It's much easier to behave your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of behaving. Let that sink in for a while. You see, and here's the key. Don't wait until you feel like celebrating. Celebrate until you feel like it. Don't wait until you feel like celebrating. Celebrate until you feel like it. Wow. These are important truths. You want to overcome this jealousy uh, invader? Very simple. Takes a little bit of courage and, and, and boldness to do this as well. You have to be bold with yourself. You have to create that habit. You have to rid, rid your heart of the destructive forces of jealousy. You have to do it. You have to refuse to be taken prisoner by emotions that don't reflect reality. There's something powerful and liberating about celebrating the success of other people. And keep this in mind, that chances are that God is behind their success. God is behind their success. So when you celebrate, when you celebrate their success, you are bringing glory to God. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's always all about. Giving glory to God. Don't worry about yourself. God will take care of you if you don't have a heart filled with jealousy. So, whose success have you been hesitant to celebrate? Who in your life deserves that pat on the back, that letter, that phone call, that hug, that kiss, whatever? Whose progress have you mentally chalked up to luck and therefore refused to acknowledge? Have some insecurities been brought to the surface in your life? Then you have to ask yourself, well, whose achievements have brought those securities to the surface? Who, whose achievements and, and have brought insecurities that have caused you to shy away from celebrating their win? So, I ask you, isn't it time you develop that new habit? Isn't it about time that you refuse to give in to the negative emotions that well up in you when others succeed? So, here it is. Instead of saying nothing or being critical, what if you made it the habit of your life to publicly celebrate the success of others? 
And when that person's success has the potential to reflect negatively on you, celebrate even harder. And again, God has a plan for your life, and your life is different from someone else's life. So, give glory to God by celebrating the success of others. Don't let jealousy take hold of your heart. This, my friends, is one of those habits that will change everything. See you next time.